Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday, and I'm back today with my friend Mike Dow, who I like to call America's go-to therapist. And we talked last Friday about this great new Chicken Soup for the Soul book that we made together, which is different from other Chicken Soup for the Soul books, but the same as well, because it takes Chicken Soup for the Soul stories and then combines them with Dr. Mike's really easy to understand explanations of cognitive behavioral therapy so that you can actually read one of these stories, read Mike's explanation and follow his guided journaling, his homework. And you can actually act as your own therapist and solve some of your problems all by yourself. So Mike, welcome back to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back. I'm not really interviewing you this time because we are co-authors, so take it away, Mike. Yeah, so I love this book that we made. And what I want people to understand is that it is so easy to train your brain to think differently, act differently, become happy. And by the way, that's how we came up with the title of the book, Think, Act, and Be Happy. And, you know, that's what cognitive behavioral therapy is all about. C, cognitive is changing the way you think. B, behavioral is changing the way you act. And, you know, in this book, I'm going to cover two dozen of the most common issues I see in my practice. I think uh, there, there are going to be so many stories that each and every reader who picks, picks up this book will say, oh my gosh, you know, they'll have what I call a me too moment and really give them the tools to train their brain. And, you know, Amy, we really are training our brains each and every day by what we do what we choose to eat, how we choose to move with our relationships and how we cultivate peace in our lives. So, you know, I think people are going to be really inspired by our book and two different issues that are, I think, so common, which are stress and insomnia, right? Yeah. So we want to talk about the stress chapter first today, and then we'll talk about the insomnia chapter as well, because they really go hand in hand. And, you know, I just realized that even though you were on last Friday and I gave everybody your bio, I should just tell everybody again who you are. You're a best-selling author. You have a lot of books out there about brain health and happiness and managing your life better. And our listeners might have seen you on various TV shows as you're the doctor that many shows turn to when they're talking about brain health or mental illness or relationships or addiction or nutrition. You're a regular on Dr. Oz and the doctors, and you have a private practice. And one of the things you brought to this book was your understanding of the most common issues that your patients have. And we put two dozen of those into the book, your two dozen most common issues that you see. And 
Dr. Mike has a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. He's got two doctorates, one in psychology and one in clinical sexology, and he is a graduate of USC where he was a presidential scholar. So this is what we're bringing to this book, the chicken soup for the soul stories combined with this amazing therapist, Dr. Mike, who really knows what he's talking about. And that's why I am so excited about it. And I already learned a lot just from working on the book with you. So yeah, let's talk about chapter three, which I think everybody needs. Stress less and embrace your calm. I guess I should tell everybody the stories, right? The ones that you chose to talk about? Yep, April and Marilyn. Yeah, okay. So April, one of our favorite writers, April Knight has always been a really nervous person, and she used to always worry about absolutely everything. And she finally had an epiphany one day and said, you know what, I'm going to write down all the things that I worry about. And I'm going to put all these slips of paper into a box. And then I'm going to open up the box in a month. And I'm going to see what happened with all those things I was worrying about. And so whether it was like financial issues or family issues or that funny noise that her car was making, she wrote every single one of her worries down. And each slip of paper went into that box. And when she opened up the box a month later, she found that most of those issues either had not happened at all or they had happened, but they weren't nearly as big a deal as she feared, or they resolved themselves on their own without her having to intervene. So that was one really cool story. And then the other cool story that we used to start off our stress less chapter was by Marilyn Turk. And she wrote about how she had learned at work, how to take like big, scary tasks and turn them into tiny little tasks. It's like, I always say, like, I never look at the forest. I just look at the individual trees and then I break the trees into tiny little twigs. And that's the only way my head doesn't explode when I look at my to-do list. So Marilyn taught her teenage son to do that because he was freaking out one day in high school about how much he had to do. And he learned how to take all of his tasks and turn them into tiny little items on a to-do list. And that's how he managed to power through them. So we used those two stories to start off our stress less and embrace your calm chapter. And then you took it from there. Yeah. And what I love about the exercises in this chapter, Amy, because I believe that everybody could stress less these days and everyone can learn how to embrace their calm just a little bit more is that some of the exercises were inspired by the writers. You know, I have a lot of CBT exercises that I give my patients, but uh, it, what's really cool is that you're, you're reading the story, you're reading April's story, and what would happen if you used Amy's strategy? Because by the way, what she was doing was cognitive behavioral therapy, which trains your brain to be happier. Um, so you're going to write your five old worries that have now been resolved. And, you know, consider, uh, did it not happen at all? Or maybe it happened and it wasn't as bad as you thought. Or maybe that worry just never, uh, it just sort of solved itself and you didn't have to do anything at all. And that acts when it comes to training your thoughts. That's the contrary evidence, right? So if there's something that you're worried about today, if you can look back and consider all of the things that you used to be worried about that are fine now, it gives you that concrete evidence from your own life. This isn't somebody telling you, oh, you're going to be fine. This is you training your own brain to tell yourself that you're going to be fine because you have all of that concrete evidence. So I, I love that. Yeah, I love the guided journal on page 36 where you have the reader write down five of your old worries that have now been resolved. So you're forcing them to confront 
hey, you are writing down the stuff you worried about that came out okay. And then you're saying, all right, now that I've made you confront that and you admit that these five things got resolved, okay, now write down a new worry. And then you're saying to them, so, hey, those five you wrote down already got resolved. You just wrote down this new worry. What do you think is going to happen with the new worry? And you're making them say, oh, yeah. And I have started doing that myself. I was out walking a couple of weeks ago and I was thinking about something that I was worried about. And then I said, wait a minute, if I was working on page 36 of the book, I would have just written down this worry, but I first would have written down five other worries that resolved themselves just fine. And so I said to myself, okay, I'm just going to like pre-do this. Like, I know I have this worry, but now I'm, I'm going to like say to myself already, you know what's going to happen. It's going to resolve itself. So don't even bother to go there. You know, so it was very helpful. I, I love that you're using the strategy from our book. And that's what I love, Amy, is that all of the tools, they're really usable. So once you complete the journal, you can take it with you and, and you can use it in your daily life. So it really does help people to be happier. And then, you know, what I love about Marilyn's story is that she really was talking about the essence of the behavioral part of cognitive behavioral therapy, the bite by bite, breaking tasks into micro tasks and just focusing on what's ahead. And then so what we have for you in this chapter that will help you to do that is what I, I call it a productivity supercharger, because you're going to, by the same token, you know, she, Marilyn was helping her son, but how could you help yourself and train your brain? So you're going to write 10 tasks that you have to deal with in order of importance. And then this is the simplest strategy. And Amy, it's very common sense, but if you apply it to your life, I promise it will change the way you get things done and it'll change your stress levels. All you do is focus all your attention on the first thing on that list, which is of course the most important thing. And then when you're done with that, you cross it off and then give all of your attention to step two. And because what I think so many of us are scattered and we have too many thoughts and we, we don't harness our energy. And this is a little bit of mindfulness, you know, and mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy uh, go really well together. So we're using a, a little bit of CBT um, enhanced with a little bit of mindfulness to really boost productivity. And when you boost productivity and you break big tasks into micro tasks, you just feel like you can achieve it and the stress dissolves. So I think people are going to really love this chapter. Yeah, you're reminding me again, the things I have to do, which is really helpful because often people will say to me like, you seem so happy, even though you have a ridiculous amount of work to do. And I really am using the methods that are in chapter three of our book. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss Another aspect of stress, really, which is insomnia, and we're going to share Mike's tips for curing insomnia. Okay, we're back with Dr. Mike Dow, and we've been talking about some practical, easy-to-implement tips from our new book, Think, Act, and Be Happy. We talked about dealing with stress. And now we're going to talk about overcoming insomnia, which is chapter 12 of our new book. So Mike, let's talk about some of the tips that you share in Think, Act, and Be Happy for how we can overcome insomnia. Amy, this is a really practical chapter. So the tips are really concrete. They're from CBTI, which is Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, which trains your brain to sleep deeper, to get to sleep faster, and to sleep through the night. 
So one of the tips that I know that I shared with you is, you know, we know that eight hours, somewhere around eight hours is fantastic for the brain. It helps your brain to, to feel rested and it even helps your brain to clear out brain fog, brain fog causing plaques that can even eventually lead to cognitive impairment and even dementia. So a lot of people, what they do is they say, okay, eight hours. So I need to go to bed at 10 and wake up at six and they hit the pillow at 10 and they don't fall asleep right away. And then they're anxious about that. So one really simple tip is to set your bedtime and, and your wake up time, which by the way, should stay stable to keep your circadian rhythms in check to set them eight and a half hours apart. And that extra half hour gives you the room to just take your time falling asleep. And, you know, paradoxically, when you give yourself time to fall asleep, you probably will fall asleep more quickly. And when you don't give yourself enough time, it will probably take you an hour to fall asleep. So it's this little tweak. And I know that you have, have you used this, Amy? I, I think this is one of the tips that you actually applied right away. It's such a simple tip, but I really needed it. So now what I do is because of what I learned in chapter 12 of the book, First of all, I'm really strict with my husband now. And I'm like, when I start getting ready for bed at 10, that means no more screens. That means I can read a book, but it has to be on paper or it has to be a Kindle with no blue light. You know, it has to be the paper white. And then by 11, I'm going to be tired and I'm going to turn off the light. But I know now I don't actually have to fall asleep until 1130 because the alarm is set for 730. So that's my eight hours. So I know that 11 to 11.30 is my buffer zone. Yep. And it's amazing how much calmer it makes me now. And like every night now, I close my eyes. My husband closes his eyes. He's snoring instantly. I mean, he can go from watching a television <laughs> show where missiles are being exploded to being asleep, whereas I have to do this whole calm thing. Mm -hmm. But then I lie there and I think, all right, it's okay. I have a whole half hour buffer zone. And then I'm sure I'm asleep in like five minutes because I'm no longer getting stressed about falling asleep. So Isn't it incredible? It changed everything for me. Yeah, this is like my favorite chapter because, oh my gosh, insomnia used to be such a problem for me. So yeah, think, act, and be happy. Chapter 12 about insomnia, life-changing. Yeah, there's so many practical tips. And, you know, we, we need sleep. Sleep is just fantastic for the brain. So you can really train your brain. And I, I think this chapter is chock full of, uh, of, of tips and all of these little strategies that we can use to train our brain to sleep better. And, and by the way, it even works for people who have trouble waking up too early. So it's just incredible when you just use these cognitive behavioral therapy tools to train your brain that you're really going to see a difference and probably right away, which is why I love CBT. It's a, it's, a, it's a modality that works really quickly. So I read the other day that there's some scientific study. I mean, and you can prove anything with a scientific study, but this particular one sounded right to me because it said the two essentials for happiness were being grateful and getting enough sleep. And so mm. we talk about both of those things in Think, Act, and Be Happy because we have that great chapter I think it was chapter two where we talk about how to practice gratitude. So between chapter two and chapter 12, we've got it. We've got our happiness formula. We got it. Think yeah, that can be happy. <laughs> exactly. And I, I heard the other day, Barnes & Noble said that sales of books about finding your happiness are up 83% this year. Mm. So if you're interested in finding your happiness, this book is a really entertaining and quick way to figure out how to do that with your own life. So I'm really excited about it. And um, 
people can find the book now at Walmart, at Rite Aid, at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Books a Million, any place that you like to buy books, your local independent bookstore makes a great holiday gift. The guided journaling is really, really fun and easy. Mike, where can people learn more about you? They can go to my website, Dr. Mike Dow. That's D-R Mike Dow, D-O-W.com. And yeah, I'm always, uh, I'm always posting new stuff, new Instagram photos, and I'm certainly talking all about our new book and how to train your brain to become happier these days. So um, you can go to my website to learn more. And you can go to our website, chickensoup.com, to read more about the book and also see some videos that Mike and I made that explain some of the tips in the book and show you some of the guided journal pages. So Mike, thanks a lot. I know you're going to come back again next month and we're going to talk about two more chapters in the book. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. Always a pleasure. All right. And everybody, thank you so much for listening today and uh, come back in October for another two chapters from the book. And who knows, maybe we'll keep going after that. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>